Welcome to the Working Spouse Club, the podcast for today's professional military spouse. Join your host, Joanna DeMott, CEO of Green Zone Corporate Training, and Catherine Prince, founder and principal recruiter at The Spouse Solution, as we embark on a mission to challenge stereotypes, celebrate accomplishments, and provide a roadmap to professional success for military spouses. Each episode features inspiring guests who have successfully balanced their careers with the demands of military life. Expect candid conversations, humorous anecdotes, and valuable insights that will leave you feeling motivated and validated. Welcome to the Working Spouse Club with Catherine Prince and Joanna DeMott. How are you today, Catherine? I'm doing well. How are you, Joanna? I'm doing really well. It's a gorgeous day, and I'm really, really, really excited because we have a very special guest. Monica Fullerton is the founder and CEO of Spousely, an online marketplace to shop a wide variety of products and services created by military and first responder families. A speaker, author, Air Force spouse, and twin mom. How are you today, Monica? I'm good. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Absolutely. Monica, really excited for our conversation today. I don't know if you've listened to before, but we always start with the same question, and that's, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, that is a great question. Uh, for those that have listened to my story, they're probably all all like, I know what she's going to say. I always wanted to be the next Oprah. And I was just always so inspired by the power of communications and how she just had this amazing way of bringing people together, uplifting one another and sharing each other's stories. So I know I, I had those big dreams, but it wasn't necessarily to actually be her, but to be someone that just you know, built a community that inspired others. And it's just exciting to see everything come full circle in a way. That's amazing. So basically you wanted to hand out cars, <laughs> right? You get this and you get this. I am waiting for that moment still as a bootstrapping, you know, founder. I haven't had that exact moment in that way, but one day, one day I will. Rooting for you. It's, it's going to happen soon. I can feel it. <laughs> Thanks. You have affected so many people's lives. And while you might not have given them cars, you have given them a way to make money for their families and to showcase their artistic creativity. Can you tell us how you got to where you are today? Yes. Do you want like the full story or like the, okay, the full story. All right. I'll do it as fast as I can. So born and raised in a small town in Ohio, I set off with really big dreams, as I mentioned of, you know, becoming the next Oprah. So I strategically picked a college in South Florida because that was going to be my forever place. I was going to build up my broadcasting career there. I knew it was full of great connections. Absolutely loved the beach and, you know, wanted to escape a small town feel. So when I was doing, I did my undergrad and then I started my master's at the same time. And while I was doing my master's, I ended up getting back together with my high school sweetheart from that small town in Ohio who was commissioning into the Air Force. And I just remember thinking, this is not part of my plan. What is happening right now? <laughs> just because as you both know, you know, the military life is one that it's hard. You have to really think about, you know, is this something that I can do? How is this going to affect my own personal goals and dreams? And I, I was really lost in that moment. I was like, do I really want to live this life? And so finished my master's, decided to go with love. And so got stationed in San Antonio, Texas for our first duty station. And I was lost. I remember feeling so lost on, okay, I'm a planner. 
I've done everything leading up to this moment to get myself to where I wanted to be. I had really great, you know, internships and jobs and college connections already just waiting for me to just, you know, really, truly start my career in broadcasting. And with the military life, I didn't think it was going to be possible. There was no way that I saw at that time a way to create a broadcasting career while not knowing what's coming next. And so I pivoted like many military spouses do. And I found myself in a logistics interview. And I remember thinking, what is logistics? I have no idea. Please tell me more because I like what you're offering from a community standpoint, as well as a salary standpoint. And I'll never forget in that moment, I was in the interview with the founder, with the the owner of the company, actually. And he just really got to know me for me, like who I, who I am as a person, what my passions are, where I want to go on my journey and just listen to me versus just seeing me as an employee or someone that was going to check a box for them. Because at the end of the day, it's all about how can we help each other continue to get where we want to go. And long story short, I ended up staying with that company for I was almost a decade at that point. I continued to move up in my career. I was working with enterprise level accounts. So any of the Fortune 500 accounts, I was traveling all the time. I was making a really great salary, working remote, leadership opportunities. It, you know, from a checkbox standpoint, I had done it. I had built this career. I was successful. I was growing. But after having the twins, I started to realize that the passion was missing and that I did truly settle on really becoming the best version of myself. And that's what led me to creating Spousely. I started to just realize, you know, in our military community and an amazing community, but a community I never felt fully a part of just because I was always working. I was always very career driven. And a lot of my military spouse friends weren't able to piece the puzzle together like I was. And I totally get it because we never know what's coming next. How are you going to find maybe a career opportunity that allows you to grow and scale like I had found? But what I did realize is there was so much talent within our military community and entrepreneurship was a great way to bridge that gap between doing what you love, having that flexibility and that stability. And so started doing my market research and Sure enough, I I landed on, wow, there's millions of businesses owned by military and first responder families. I need to do something about it. So I'll pause just because I know that was like a fully like, you know, loaded story. But I think it's so important to share what has led up to where I'm at, what has led up to creating something like this and where I want to continue going. I'm curious. So it sounds like you almost had the amazing experience of not having to job search as a military spouse as you PCS because you found that company, that company where you could stay, you could grow, you could thrive in your career, and you were really seen and respected, I'm assuming, um, and you were able to stay there for, it sounds like, a very long time. So tell us about that. How how did you find that? Was it just luck? How did you grow that? Any advice to our listeners who maybe haven't gotten to that point and are having to find a new job every PCS? Yes. And this is something, you know, I've thought about just over the past few years and I, I see it oftentimes in our community and it's the struggle of, do I tell a company that I am a military spouse? And 
if you would have asked me this probably maybe, you know, a decade ago, I would kind of be on the fence of, yeah, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should. I don't really know. For me, I've always been big on being my authentic self in anything that I do. I'm a really, really bad liar. So even if I went into that interview and I said, you know, I, I totally left off the table that, hey, we might be moving in like a year or two years, three years. I don't think it would have worked because I would have been sitting there like, mm-hmm, yeah, yep, I'm here. I'm here to stay for the long time, like, you know, winking as I'm going. But I feel like that's part of part of the issue where military, us as a military spouse, hold ourselves back from what is truly out there and where it can help us get where we want to truly go. So I just remember being in that moment and I was thinking in my head, like, okay, wow, I really like these people. This seems like a really great opportunity. Should I tell them that, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And, you know, we, he really, the the owner really resonated with the fact that we were a military family. He had a just passion, you know, for supporting our military and the community. And he goes, I'll never forget what he said to me. He goes, Monica, no matter what, I can tell how passionate and determined and dedicated you are. I will do whatever it takes to have you not leave this company. And I was just thinking like, wow, like he's probably joking. Like he really doesn't know what he's getting himself into. And I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And sure enough, just having that open conversation and really just, you know, sharing where I wanted to go was super important because oftentimes we put ourselves in the backseat when we're in that position and we think, oh my gosh, I really need this job. You know, I would really love to be a part of it. But we also have the power in that moment to share who we are, what we want, how it's going to fit into our life. And it becomes a mutual partnership. And I think that's so important for, you know, spouses or anybody who is experiencing a life where maybe they don't know what's coming next to remember that you are in the driver's seat of your own path. It's your destiny and the right people will continue to align if you share who you are, your authentic self and what you want. Part of our mission here is to show employers that as military spouses, we're all very different. There's a diverse population. But we do bring a lot of really valuable skills to the table. So part of what I do in my company is re-educating about the culture and those things that we do bring to the table. What are some things that you brought to the table because of your lifestyle experience? Well, you know, having the background, I was very lucky with, you know, from my bachelor's and my master's and all of the experience that I really had already leading up to where I was at when it came to, you know, really getting that full-time job. I, I take a look now. And for me, the the core foundation has always been communications. Com- effective communications has allowed me to continue to excel and grow all new skill sets to develop not only a stronger personal and professional just presence, communications has been key for me. So I've, I've always used that kind of as my anchor. And then from there, it has built upon, you know, marketing and business development, partnerships, opportunities, innovation, and the list goes on. And it's kind of hard because, you know, recently as I'm kind of exploring what's next on my journey, it's like, oh my gosh, do I just really list out all of the skills that I know that I I have and I know that I love thriving in? It's kind of like, okay, now this is getting a little like, this is too many things. But at the same time, I really think skill-based hiring and skill-based just learning is so huge. And more companies, I believe, need to adapt to that because 
a, a, a resume does not do anybody justice. And to be honest, it is not good, especially if you are someone that either took a career you know, gap or maybe had that traveling, you weren't quite sure what you wanted to do because it limits us. A resume is limiting. If you take a look and you just kind of crinkle a resume up and you talk to somebody like that one uh, boss did for me and just got to listen to me as a person and my passions and my determination, you will quickly see that there are so many other skills and opportunities within that person than there is on a piece of paper. So I was really fortunate to find an organization similar to you more, I would say a few years into my career and my marriage that use skill-based recruitment practices. And I was brought on to a position that I had no experience in. It was talent acquisition. And within three years, I was on the C-suite. So I think that really speaks to what you can do with skill-based recruitment practices. And I feel so lucky to have grown in a company and as a talent acquisition professional using those practices because you look at candidates as a whole and you don't focus on the resume completely. You want to understand how are how are they wired? What motivates them? You know, people are so complex. And if you actually dig into that more than you see most recruiters, you know, digging in, you discover that you're actually able to make this amazing match with companies where the employer is getting what they need, but that employee is as well. And consequently, it's a long-term fit. This is a you know going to be a candidate that's going to stay for 10, 12 years, just like you did, because in that interview, he dug deep and he really got to know you and he listened. So I love hearing that emphasis on skill-based recruitment. I think it's so important for employers who are looking at military spouse candidates to use that strategy. Absolutely. I I love that. And I love the fact that you had mentioned something you, I believe you said it was something I didn't really know anything about and you were able to learn and to thrive. And I think that is where the true unicorn lies, right? It's like everybody wants a unicorn in a company and a unicorn employee or, or company, whatever it is. At the end of the day, if you are passionate enough about learning something new, you can excel at anything. And I think about my journey with Spousely and people ask me all the time, they're like, did you realize what you were getting yourself into when you built a multi-vendor marketplace? And I was like, no, I had no idea, no idea at all. And they were like, what made you do that? I'm like, honestly, I wasn't thinking. I just knew I was on a mission to bridge the gap between, you know, having those do what they love while living a life on the go. And that's that's what I was going to do. I was focused on the passion and the mission. And then everything else continued to fall into place. I taught myself how to code. I taught myself, you know, how to do different skill sets that I have never learned before. And then you wear that hat, you take it and you keep building from there. You're clearly a unicorn, just like you mentioned, <laughs> but I know that it took a lot to build Spousely to, to the point of where it is currently. So I'm curious what helped as you were growing it in the beginning, was it your connections? Was it your network? You know, what, what went into building it to where it is today? Yeah. When I was first getting started, I, it was, it was hard because, you know, many companies obviously have co-founders and have funding or, you know, they, they seek funding before they get started. And in my case, I was lucky because I had enough funds for my corporate career to be able to, to build out what I wanted to build and to get it going, you know, on the path that I was able to pour a strong foundation from the start. But what I will say was 
I didn't want anything to stop me. I mean, I was like on a fast freight train of like, okay, it's go, 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 like nonstop. And I was determined to be able to get the platform up and running and functioning how we needed it as quickly as possible. And oftentimes, you know, I talk to many founders and, and entrepreneurs that are just getting started. And I, I realize one common thread that many have is that they're, they're afraid to even just get going, whether it's they want something to be perfect, their marketing or their brand or their website. And that's something that I always tell people is perfection is not the key to success. Um, you're going to pivot so many times and you have to be willing to pivot and you're going to make changes. You're going to redo your website three times. You're going to have, you know, new opportunities come up. And I think, you know, really just knowing that perfection is not the key to success, that you're not, don't try to have the perfect marketing. And that is something I share often for a mistake that I made early on was I wanted Spousely to look perfect. I wanted it to look like a you know, welcoming brand, very colorful, fun, like innovative, like something that wasn't in our space that we're used to seeing. And so my passion is always on the creative side. I, I love being creative and thinking outside of the box. And I almost, almost like delayed launching because of like nitpicking every little thing. And then from a consumer standpoint, once we did finally launch, people thought Spousely had been out there for years already because it already looked like such a mature brand. And I was like, no, we just launched three months ago. We need your help spreading the word, please. I'm begging you. And so the, the point of that story is oftentimes if we try to make something look too perfect, we are missing out on actually what is needed. So yeah. That's so interesting to talk about that assistance and asking for help. And sometimes that's not easy when you're pursuing something that is, is passion driven. Yeah. So it's so, I love, I'm learning so much as we go along, you know, as a, a new business owner, don't make it look too mature because then people won't help. That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> I, I love your, I love Spousely because of the, both the products that are, that are delivered, but the, the population that produces them. While so many companies or organizations will go either first responder or military, you've decided to join them up. Why is that? Yes. So early on, you know, my mission was always around supporting those that support us. And I, you know, quickly learned that one, a lot of military goes into being a first responder after or vice versa. And at the end of the day, Everybody is playing their role with supporting others. And I wanted to create something that gave back to these individuals that have sacrificed so much and, and on a family front too, because, you know, when one person serves, whether it's a first responder or a military family, a member, the whole family serves too. And, you know, I've had many, I've not many, but I've had some people come up along the way and they're like nation's heroes. Like you're calling, you know, spouses and other people, nation's heroes. And I'm like, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it is a team effort. There are so many challenges and things that we go through as a family. And if you ask any service member or any first responder member, most of the time, they always credit back to their, their spouse or to their family because we're a unit, we're a unit together, even though maybe that person might be not might not be serving directly on the front lines, they are a hero in their own way and with their family. And I just really wanted to create something that, yes, it's catered, you know, the name spousely really stemmed 
because I'm a military spouse and because I know how talented the military spouse community is, I wanted to give us something of our own where for once, you know, people see the other side and put spouses in the front seat versus always the back seat. And I talk about that a lot. I had mentioned it before with with the job world, but Spousely is, we have vendors that are veterans, service members, gold star families, first responders. It's really that beautiful mix of those that just give so much on a daily basis. So this might be kind of a weird pivot, but it's something that's been on my mind lately. You are somebody that I I think of as, you know, a, a, a spouse who has really been successful in creating a career and a company as a military spouse. And I'm sure that you have people reaching out to you all the time. And so I've been having conversations recently about how do you grow your business and still give back to your community without spending all of your time giving back to the people reaching out to you, asking for assistance. And I'm, I'm sure Joanna has thoughts on this too, but would love to hear, you know, how do you find the balance there and handle those kinds of requests that, you know, tend to come in when you have a big following, when you are a well-known name in the community? Yeah. So that's something that I've really have learned to try to set some new boundaries up in terms over the past year, just because I am just such a natural giver. Like I just want, I will give, give, give like to the point where I, my cup is completely empty because I personally enjoy seeing other people thrive, which is what has stemmed to even create spousely. I mean, anybody who knows me and who's grown up with me and my friends, I'm constantly always the one that's like, have you thought about doing this? Oh my gosh, you make this like, let me help you. I have one friend. She just started doing these really beautiful, like balloon art arch, you know, decorations at parties and corporate events. And she's like, yeah, I'm just doing it. I don't know. I just like it. I'm like, that's it. I'm sending you a brand kit out some logo options. And we're going to turn this into a full-blown side business because I know you'll love doing this with your daughter. And it's something that will bring you passion and joy. So I'm always, you know, my wheels are always going. But what I've learned is to really kind of protect your space in a sense that we all know what it's like. Everybody, you know, is always seeking something. So I try to do like the ask and give kind of like ask, take, ask, give, whatever it is. Like, you know, somebody's going to ask me something. I'm going to ask them something back or I'm going to give them something like just trying to like keep it that teeter totter where it's mutually beneficial. I do try to set up, you know, different blocks on my calendar. I do a lot where if somebody, you know, is really needing some help with something or they have questions about entrepreneurship or whatever it is that I can help them with that they've followed along on my journey since I've shared all the ups and downs publicly, I feel like that has also really put people out there to want to talk and be like, oh my gosh, you're not alone kind of thing. So scheduling blocks on your calendar has been super helpful where those are just, you know, a block on my calendar where I'm like here, you know, schedule in this time. And I'm more than happy to, to spend some time with you and go over where I can help or provide some feedback on maybe what I've gone through, but just constantly remembering what I, what I personally hate that I've encountered on this journey is that I hate when people forget where they started. And that is something that like boils my blood because I encourage everybody to always surround themselves, whether it's virtually or in a room with people who inspire you, people who 
have done it, who've been there, somebody that maybe has been on a path similar to yours, because that's who we truly learn from. We learn from others and we learn from others' journeys. And I hate when people don't make themselves available at times because they are holding so much key information and and nuggets that can help change somebody's life. So I try to never not be limiting, but I also try to protect like, yes, I am juggling a very crazy and busy um, time in my life right now that I want to always be helping and giving back, which is what I love that I've built that with Spousely. And now personally, I'm kind of on a next professional journey for myself right now to keep building my professional portfolio, which should be important to everybody. Like don't ever cap yourself, like keep going, keep building new opportunities in your portfolio because it all helps you just, you know, look back and be able to be like, I did that, or I'm proud that I have this. You've talked about the next step in your journey. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you're looking to do? Yes. So over the past year, I have really spent a lot of time just nailing down like, okay, this is where we're at. This is where I want it to go from both a business and personal standpoint. And I went all in on Spousely about three years ago, meaning, you know, I left uh, the, the corporate stability and went all in on entrepreneurship. During that time, it was very important to me to put as much automation to build a very, you know, strong, but mighty, small, but mighty team around me that is strong, that can, believes in what we're building. Spousely is so much a community effort from both a consumer and vendor side that I wanted to create something that had a lasting impact that I could, it wasn't just based around me, Monica Fullerton. It's based around us, us, the community and the power of us. So now that we are coming up on four years in business, I have decided that one, I do not want to go down the path of raising capital for Spousely, which I was doing that last year. I was like, okay, I have to raise capital. This is the path because there's a lot of pressure out there as a founder. I almost feel like if you don't have a company that you raise capital for, then you aren't trying to build something that is actually a big business. And that's not true at all. I've learned that that is complete just, you know, fluff, you do what's best for you and for your business. And so I have decided no investor money like that, where we have continued to grow the most is through partnerships. Partnerships are huge for Spousely. So we're looking to align with hopefully, you know, a power partner this year that really helps us continue to move mountains. And then that has allowed me to then continue on in my next leadership role and opportunity. So I did just recently share, which was really hard to put out there because once again, you never know how people are going to see it or what they're going to think. But for me, it was important to get Spousely to a place where it continued to scale and grow for our community and will continue to do good and make an impact. But I personally can also continue to you know add new opportunities as a leader in, in my career. So I'm currently working on, you know, the maintaining and building and scaling with Spousely and everything that we have going right now, which is wonderful. And then personally also, you know, what's next for me, Monica. I love that because you're also offering an opportunity for someone else to come and have an experience similar to yours. So you can continue to grow with that passion. I love that. You know, we all start these things or we, we enter into different stages of our life 
based on a passion at that time. And to think that your passion would lie in the same exact place forever. I mean, your mission has lots of supporters. There are tons of military spouses I know personally who are super excited for you and to see what comes next. I think that's where we're all at. What's she going to do next? (laughs) I, and I, you know, I think that's the biggest key on this journey is to just be there for one another, cheer each other on no matter what, you know, it's scary. It's scary facing the unknown. It's scary going through challenges. There's a quote I share all the time and it's growth begins when comfort ends. And I think that that is so huge so relatable for our community. And I just want to keep putting myself out there in vulnerable ways, because like I said, I share pretty much everything when I'm even advised not to share some things, but I'm an open book because we need more of us to stand up and to share our real stories, because how how can we help others if we you know, are hiding, not hiding things, but you know, if we're not allowing ourselves to really get there with someone else to help them on their journey. So it's a wild, wild journey. It's like a roller coaster, but it's a good roller coaster. So vulnerability is actually something that I I truly do struggle with. It, there's a lot of discomfort for me in being vulnerable. And so that has been a practice that I've been working on for, I'd say, especially the last seven, eight months when I've been dealing with, I would say a major kind of roller coaster with the military spouse identity of leaving a role that I was really passionate about and closing down a business that was thriving and having to step into the unknown and and experience unemployment, which is not something that I love. And then feeling for the first time, like I might actually be dependent in a, in a way on my spouse. What is this? And so talking about it instead of just keeping it to myself has been something that I've been trying to practice. And so I really just want to say that I respect you for your almost radical transparency and vulnerability, um, especially on LinkedIn. When I see your posts, they're so motivating. And I am curious, do you ever get, I don't know the exact terminology that she uses, but Brene Brown did that Ted talk and she was like the vulnerability, like hangover. It's like the the feeling the next day of like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I just shared that. Does that ever happen to you? And, and what do you do when you start feeling those feelings? Because anytime I'm vulnerable, that starts to come up pretty quickly. Yes. That is such a great question. And I feel like, I mean, we're all human, right? We have feelings, we care. And if you don't care, then it's like, oh, maybe like take that person off of your like friend list, just because I mean, you want to be around people who are true, who are genuine, who you can relate to. Um, you know, there's been many times where I'm like, I, I don't know if this is something that I'm comfortable with sharing or how it's going to be received. Um, but the one thing that I will say and to keep working towards is to live with no regret because regret is what ends up eating you alive. I feel like those that who truly know you, who support you, who knew, who know you as a person and everything that you want will be there for you, will help you and encourage you to keep going versus maybe those that, you know, why why worry about them when you need the right people in your corner? And I feel like it all starts with living with no regret, like just be your true authentic self. If it's something you were going to share and you knew it was already in your mind, just share it anyway. Like even, like I said, that post that I shared the other day of just kind of, you know, where, where things are at and where, you know, I'm planning to go in 2024. It, it it wasn't easy. And it was very vulnerable of me. Like I said, I was had advised many times like, Ooh, can't you just like, you know, reach out 
to your network, like in messages and things like that. And I'm like, no, because to me, that's not who I am. And that's not, that's not what I had committed to when I started this journey. When I went in, when I went from corporate into entrepreneurship, I told myself on that day, I will bring everybody, everybody for the ride with me that wants to be. And that's something I've stayed true to. I get messages all the time, you know, behind the scenes of people that will just be like, wow, I was thinking the same thing and I just don't feel comfortable sharing or I need help with this or do you know somebody? And it's like, that's what sparks my fire is honestly, is just like, oh my gosh, yes, let me help. Or you're not alone. I was talking to a fa another founder the other day and she was just like, wow, I thought I was just going through this or I, I don't know if this is normal. And that that's part of the problem, right? Because we're all kind of on our own island, whether it's in corporate or a job or growing a business, whatever it might be. We are on our own island half the time because we're in our own head. <laughs> so we have to just be able to just be our, our, our authentic selves. And that's something that I believe is so important. So with you saying, you know, something you're working on over the past few months is I would say to your question, just try to keep working up to living with no regret, even though you might feel like the next day, like, Oh, should I have said that? Or should I have put that out there? Oh my gosh. Are people look viewing me now in a different light? It doesn't matter. That does not matter. The point is, is you thought it, you are thinking it, you're going through it. If you are comfortable sharing it, share it. And that's it. End of story. <laughs> so stay uncomfortable with no regrets. Yes. We're growing. Yeah. We're growing. We're growing through <laughs> discomfort. I love it. Um, I would love to learn a little bit more about the vendor experience on Spousely. Yeah. So like I mentioned, Spousely is a team effort. You know, it's it's not a platform where it's you go get set up, build a shop and then never come back to it and run your business. That's not what Spousely was built for. It's not an engine like Etsy where we have millions of dollars pumping in to just put into SEO and into marketing. The vendor experience is about coming on to Spousely, knowing that now you're joined alongside an entire community that is going to support you and champion your business. And it, it's really a seamless process. Obviously we're, we're growing, we have kinks, there's, you know, errors at times, there's, there's things that come up along the way, but it's what we're able to do together. So if someone comes wants to be a vendor on Spousely, they just go to spousely.com, they click become a vendor. There's a couple different options of a plan for them to select. Super low cost to be on the platform. It was never about how much can, you know, we charge the community. It's about what we can do together that then puts funds back into everyone's pockets to keep growing and scaling. So you can be on the platform for as low as a dollar a month. It's very low. So basically you get, once you're approved, then you get access to start setting up your, your storefront, your shop, whether it's a product vendor or a service vendor. So the product side, they would, they would add all of their different listings. We are with them every step of the way. We encourage anybody who is a new vendor to reach out to us because obviously as we are adding lots of new vendors, it's kind of on their plate of please reach out. We give you all the tools that you need, but email us and we'll help you do one-on-one -on -one setup. And then once that product vendor is set up, they're ready to start sharing their shop link and encouraging those to check out Spousely. And now the true beauty lies in when that vendor is then going and promoting their, their business on Spousely, they're also supporting and promoting all of these other amazing business owners. So 
it's very, it's not selfish at all. It's a very, you know, just community driven platform. And on the service side of Spousely, because we do also have service vendors too, that serves as a marketing platform only. So it's a very low touch, like if somebody was a real estate agent or a marketing agency or whatever it might be, they're just simply creating a listing that talks about their business, but then directs them to their website. So there's no conversion taking place from the service side but it's very low. It's only $35 a year. <laughs> and the thought process of that is let's bring people on to shop. And when they're there to shop and they see that they can come back to Spousely and hire a trusted you know, advisor or business person or whatever it might be, then that's how everybody continues to win together. I love that. And I had no idea about the service side, which I'm a little bit embarrassed about considering we've been talking for 42 minutes, but I'm so <laughs> excited now to get my company, the spouse solution up on Spousely. I think that would be great to, to be able to have that extra marketing saying that, you know, we're here and we do recruiting and, you know, we'd love to connect you with top tier military spouse talent. And I'm sure Joanna is thinking the same thing about green zone corporate training. Yes. That And that's what we're working on this year for 2024 is finding more ways that, you know, more people can realize and see that we do have so many amazing service vendors. So we're actually kind of pivoting our email marketing strategy this year, where instead of it always just featuring, you know, to shop different products and stories, like there'll be a section of products and a section and a feature of service vendors in that same email too. I'm curious, you know, we just passed the holidays. Did you do some shopping on Spousely? Any any like top purchases you've made from the product side of Spousely? Well, I am obsessed with shopping on Spousely. I am always shopping on Spousely. So these earrings are from Spousely from Quinn Sharp Jewelry Designs. It's a military spouse jewelry designer. I have got, we did this really fun collaboration. I know those listening can't see, but it's a hand-painted watercolor mug from our one of our vendors that made a spousely mug for us. There's beautiful bracelets and home decor. And then I know you can't like see, but behind me, I have this beautiful resin beachy charcuterie board that is just stunning. Obviously, I would never eat off of it because it's just too beautiful. So I display it. So there's just so many great finds. And what I will say is I do encourage is everybody listening is to make shopping small a part of your monthly spending strategy, even if it's just one purchase a month from a small business, whether it's a mug, a bracelet, home decor, a gift for someone, that small purchase goes so, so far and it continues to support dreams. And in our case, it puts funds directly in the pockets of our nation's heroes. Thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of The Working Spouse Club. As always, if you'd like to learn more about today's guest and what we discussed, check out our episode notes. You'll find links there. You'll also find a link to Joanna's website, Green Zone Corporate Training. She's here to help you attract, hire, and retain military-connected staff, and she's fabulous at it. As well as a link to my website, The Spouse Solution. I'm here for you when it comes to direct hire placement of mid to senior level military spouses. Joanna and I would love to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts, feel free to send them over to us. LinkedIn is a great place for that. If you're interested in joining us for an episode to talk about your professional journey as a military spouse, don't be shy in reaching out. And if you're an employer interested in hiring from this amazing community and want to talk about that as well, we'd love to connect with you. Be on the lookout for our next episode. We're looking forward to sharing another great guest with you soon.